go make a scene. Yeah. Make a public spectacle. Yeah. Dude, go big. Do it like the movies. Yeah, I like the movies, yeah. Like Jerry Maguire. I love that movie. I love that movie, man. So good. You had me at hello. What? Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Okay? But tell me what ever you love do about her, man. What I do you love, love about her? Dude, I love the way she laughs. Yeah. I like, dude, I like the way she fake laughs, but she knows that I need it. Please. Yes! Like, I love the way we fit together in bed. Dude, because we're the same height, our crotches line up perfectly. That's really good. I love that about her. What are the chances, <laughs> right? Like, I love the way that she looks in the morning. Like really? the exact moment when she wakes up and her eyes just open like two little butterflies. Two little, I love that. I love that. Yeah, man. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah, either. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. So run and tell her that. I'm gonna go. Don't call enough with it. Fuck but it. I'm doing run it. Run and tell her that. I'm doing it. Do it. All right, I'm doing it. Do it, no, man. I'm going. Let's do it. I'm gonna do it. Man, you're doing it. Yeah. That? I don't know. Mm. You order food? I mean, we're all here, so I didn't order food. Is your food? Hey. No. So it's Ellie. What the? F Are you serious, dude? Jason, this is a den of testosterone, man. This is a pregame. This is my apartment. You can't invite a girl to a place like this. I didn't invite her. You didn't invite her? No. That's worse. That's some girlfriend. Some I have a girlfriend. Okay, well, I'm gonna buzz her in. Don't buzz her in. Don't buzz her in. I'm gonna buzz her in. Jason, no, look at me. Don't buzz her in. Don't buzz, buzz her in, man. We're having such good guy time right now. I just buzzed her in. He buzzed her in. He buzzed her in. Okay. Really? Okay, both of you guys need to calm down. We're not supposed to see him more than twice in one week, all right? And you're seeing this chick twice in one day. Dude, relax. Invite her up then, man. She's not gonna talk about Xbox. I'm gonna be sitting here being like, oh, I have to fart, but maybe I can't right now. She better have some hot friends, dude. You're pissing me off. Open the door. I don't care. I'm getting wasted. Hey! Hi! Hope we're not interrupting. No, you're not interrupting. I'm not interrupting anything. So, uh, this is, uh, this is Daniel. This is Mikey. We went to college together. Guys, Ellie. Uh, Daniel is a manipulative idiot, and Mikey has an orange dick. Really, dude? I brought scotch. I don't know if you guys drink scotch, but I think she brought the scotch. Well, I was waiting on you. It's been a couple weeks since I watched this, so I was like, all right, I'm going to go on YouTube and see if I can get a refresher, and you know what? The clips that YouTube provided, I'm like, all right, I got it. Yep, it's got all the key moments. Do they actually have, like, a Spark Notes YouTube version, like, <laughs> eight to ten minutes long of this movie? No, but they, uh, I'm trying to think. I think in, like, the uh, promotional package, like the, what do they call them, Dave? Like, the EPK kits that they send oh, out? Oh, yeah, yeah. If mm -hmm. you find one of those channels, you get, like, usually eight to ten clips, which for a 90-minute rom-com is pretty Good sufficient. Yeah, yeah. As far as covering the plot again. 10, 15% of the movie? Or yeah. Well, it, it was a very difficult plot to follow, so. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> a real thinker. <laughs> all right so uh joining us for this thinker of a movie that awkward moment which i think we have uh the red shoes coming up on this podcast and uh the red shoes is definitely the easy one to follow the awkward that awkward moment uh this is the one that people will be debating for years as far as what the true <laughs> meaning of, of it was what did zach efron really mean with that story he was telling at the end i didn't quite get it who is he talking about uh, for that, it's subtle, Mike. It's I feel subtle. like you know, I, I set this up to make fun of the movie, but all I've really done is make fun of our guests. Like, well, this is a real stupid movie, so joining us of to explain it, Jared, <laughs> our basic bitch of a friend, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> How did he know that's what we called him? That's... Wow, uh, I, I have to give him a little more credit, I guess. So, yes, joining yeah. us is uh, Jared from Sober Cinema, my co-host on that movie podcast. And uh, he was actually enthusiastic to come on and talk that awkward moment, which, uh, spoiler alert, and uh, I don't know exactly Dave's feelings, but since I programmed this one, I was enthusiastic to talk about it. So I feel like I already have an ally against Dave. So I hope you hated it, Dave. <laughs> I really do. I like those two. Well, to one you votes. just root for my pain every time. <laughs> I hope you despise this movie. <laughs> so, uh, Jared, thank you for joining us, and uh, tell us, tell me a little bit about what we do over at Sober Cinema because I don't really know, even though I participate in it. I don't really. Yeah, know. Don't tell me. I'll I'll hang up. Don't just tell Mike. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to Dave. <laughs> yeah, you only lead the conversations, plan the movies, everything. But uh, yeah, um, I still have no idea. We just we take a look back at a movie that uh, garnered a lot of interest and a lot of uh, buzz, and we pair it with a movie that came out that same day that maybe uh, not too many people 
knew of or have watched. Usually nobody's watched them except for us on that particular day. The numbers um, for the podcast reflect that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can usually get people for about half the podcast. And after that, they check out. I was like, I'm not listening mm-hmm. to the rest of this shit. I don't know what that movie mm-hmm. is. Um, and then we kind of uh, give our opinions on uh, if the praise or the attention was garnered, uh, was deserved for the uh, popular movie. And if the um, less popular movie deserves a little bit more. And I would say uh, another spoiler, I guess for so far, we're about 10 episodes in. I think we're usually about half and half so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, we're not quite as uh, hip uh, or as populist as we thought. We're <laughs> extremely <laughs> vanilla right down the middle and pleasing no one. That's that is our That's aim. great. You could shame half the audience every episode. <laughs> yeah. That's good. <laughs> and if they're unhappy, just check back next week and we'll, we'll be right, You'll right feel back better. on. Yeah. With your taste. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I would say that awkward moment, I haven't checked, and I don't know if Dave has this offhand. I won't put it on Jared, who's usually our stat boy on some. I already Cinema. looked it up, damn it. Oh, I go ahead. <laughs> what were, you know, what, what was the response to that awkward moment? I'm imagining it was not good. It were not. <laughs> <laughs> it uh registered a very rotten 22 percent on uh, the tomato meter and i figured the audience score would be higher but it was only a 46 percent okay ouch so uh yeah there <laughs> i'm part of the 46 percent i guess for that awkward moment i don't think that's gonna be a, a trending hashtag for this cause <laughs> There are other things going on, or so I hear. But in my world, I'm trying to champion that awkward moment. And uh, I guess the the reason, first off, if you know anything about this movie, if you skipped it, uh, you probably know the cast, at the very least, because it stars Zac Efron, Miles Teller, and Michael B. Jordan, who was in uh, a little film. The reason we're doing it this week is I was trying to find a rom-com with an actor from Black Panther, and maybe that speaks to what Hollywood is not doing. Uh, it was a little difficult, actually, <laughs> the cast of Black Panther. Not too many rom-coms, but... Yeah, uh, just a lot of biopics, no, uh, no poor, rom-coms. Poor so Chad Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, on... Uh, Please, everyone. <laughs> host a, you know, another show, original remake, and that was easy. I was like, oh, he was Jackie Robinson. There's a Jackie Robinson movie, but yes, you could... Done. Uh, hopefully he gets to break out and do a little bit more interesting material. By interesting, I mean I guess punch people in costume and yes. spandex. I don't know. That's weird. Sounds for, interesting to me. It's weird yeah. for an actor to say that that's an interesting choice based on what he has right. been doing. But uh, no Thurgood Marshall just punches yeah, people in the face. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this one has uh, three very uh, likable uh, actors. Uh, some more dramatic material like uh, Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan. I don't know if Zac Efron. Lo- only you, only you, Mike, would lump Miles Teller into likable actors. If you mention his name anywhere, the first thing you'll hear is like, God, I hate that guy. What a punchable face. See, Except somewhat, for you. You're I the, somewhat you're the disagree with that. I feel like some people uh, have a problem with the distinction of like, uh, they love Whiplash, but somehow they think that's Miles Teller. It's like, oh, he's just an asshole, and like, so he always has to play the Whiplash character. Uh, right. And I don't, I don't think that's the case. I will say in this film, he's the comedic relief. But uh, no, I was actually just trying to shade Zac Efron, saying, "Hey, where's your Whiplash, buddy? Where's your Creed? Oh. Yeah. Well, he's he's gonna play Ted Bundy soon, so maybe that's his hmm. his breakout <laughs> dramatic role. <laughs> I don't know, know if that's what I was asking for exactly. But, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Coming soon to the Grand Gesture, Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Ted Jesus. Bundy. How romantic. <laughs> so in in this film, they are three uh, best friends, um, two of which work together, Zac Efron and Miles Teller. And I guess they're at the same level as far as um, adulthood at that point. They're still out carousing, uh, picking up women together, drinking to excess. I don't think they are living together exactly, although it does seem like Miles Teller's over there an awful lot. I don't know. It wasn't actually. Yeah, it's a clear... They might as well be situation. living together. It's yeah. a huge friends style apartment, though. I don't know what sort of publishing. They must industry. be doing well for themselves. That's... This is they do work in the, like the book world, right? Yeah, I don't know. So that this is really this up, is set but... in the eighties, I guess. I don't know when this is set, but print <laughs> yeah. is booming. They're representing John Grisham apparently at that time, so they were they were doing really well. I think I'm probably 
you know, if there's any listeners uh, still at this point, they're probably going to accuse me of getting a little bit too too far in the weeds on that awkward moment as far as the minutia of these people's, like, you know, where they are in Probably's the economy. not that important. But yeah. to that point, and I'll leave it at that, I do like that the guy who is a doctor is the one that has, like, the smaller apartment. The one that has what I consider, like, the real job where he can make some money is the one dealing with, like, you know, student loans, debt, and also to introduce Michael B. Jordan, uh, he comes back into the fray because his wife asked for a divorce. And so he is roped back into the life of singledom, which um, here's one other thing I like about this movie. Uh, I think we often see this from the side of women more than we do men. As far as Mm -hmm. you see like a a woman who's been uh, either left or has like, you know, chosen to, to go back into the single world and her friends sort of pick her up and they go out on the town. Uh, What was one? Uh, How to be single to Coe Johnson recently. Very, I mean, that's a very similar premise. I don't think we often see men, in that type of situation where there's like, I guess a degree of vulnerability as far as like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing in this world. Usually (laughs) if a man is at a bar in a movie, it's just like, he automatically is Tom Cruise in cocktail. He's like, Oh, I've got this. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to, you know, throw it to our guest uh, since I uh, Uh, lived with Jared for a number of years and he uh, is exactly Tom Cruise from cocktail. If you've ever met him. (laughs) So modest of you. Uh, yeah, that's uh, completely false for anybody that is, again, still listening by 13 minutes of the podcast. Um, it was an enjoyable experience seeing them all, you know, kind of delve back into that single life. And it did kind of give, um, obviously not exactly the, uh, mirror image of our single life <laughs> downtown in Lexington. But I, I saw you as Michael B. Jordan myself. I was like, yep, that's, I mean, the, the physique, the attitude. The orange penis? That's Jared. I know him all too well. I don't remember Michael B. Jordan puking in alleyways. and Outtakes, man. That's the outtakes. <laughs> Staggering around and stealing Miles Teller's uh, drinks. You can be Miles Teller. Yeah, um, I'll accept that. As, as Dave I mean, said, I'm the only like one, that. apparently, who would accept that. Yeah, I actually, right. um, this is an opportunity. I don't know if it turned out well, but I tried to record... Um, my wife, which she may be listening to me record this now, uh, as we were watching this, I was like, Hey, they got, you know, three handsome dudes out in town. This is like, you know, uh, a fantasy version of how men, single men would see themselves with their buddies in their twenties. Like we look right. just like that group. Mm-hmm. It's like their version of <laughs> sex in the city. And she looked at me and she was like, well, not miles teller. And I was like, what oh, did you just say to me? The, I was like, I see myself. I'm telling you, Mike. <laughs> I see myself as Miles Teller, and she looked, and she's like, ugh. And so I <laughs> I recorded Started her. Started questioning your marriage, eh? Well, I recorded her, like, <laughs> scoffing at me and laughing ugh. for, like, a good solid 45 seconds. And I was like, this is too good. I'm going to put it in the show. But I don't know if it turned out well. So uh, if not, just imagine my wife scoffing at me. And if it did, uh, just enjoy it, because that's what I deal with. Yeah. Miles Teller may very well be the most handsome of the three. From that awkward moment. That is ridiculous. This is my wife, Brittany. Ridiculous. And Zac Efron is in third place. You're crazy. In what way? That I'm recording you or (laughs) that I have Miles Teller as number one? Yes, to both. Good enough. (laughs) Daily basis. (laughs) Um, Well, Dave, you know... Do you think it succeeds in that sort of, I guess, fantasy aspect as far as, you know, three buddies uh, having some hijinks, some laughs? Like, there's really nothing too serious, as there shouldn't be, at the beginning of this film as they're just kind of showing Michael B. Jordan the ropes again as someone who got married, in his mind, maybe too young and entered adulthood too fast. Uh, do you think that it's, you know, pleasant enough, enjoyable enough to just be a fly on the wall while Miles Teller and Zach Efron sort of play the Jedi Master sort of role with him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the perfect descriptor. It's, it's pleasant. Like, this is such an enjoyable movie, and I think it's because oh, no. you could tell... I have to throw my notes actors... away. I thought for sure you were going to be like, this is stupid, no, and I hated it. No, oh, God. No, it's great. I really... I was shocked at how much I enjoyed this, because I missed this when it came out. I remember thinking, oh, you know, they... They named a movie off basically an internet meme. Uh, it's a terrible title. Like, it's really oh, terrible. Oh, I'm yeah. not watching that. Yep. 
Um, but because you can tell these three actors really enjoy being around one another, like you can really tell that they're having a good time. I think that translates to their interactions at the beginning of this movie. And it's really interesting to see, especially Michael B. Jordan now, like kind of be the square of this group where he's like, oh, I don't know how to go out and have a good time anymore. I've been, you know, I've been, you know, married and, you know, kind of going through this difficult time with my wife. And you've got these other two guys kind of dragging him, kicking and screaming. And there is a little bit of like buy-in you have to have to think that like if Michael B. Jordan, someone who looked like him went <laughs> Does he need to help? any, <laughs> right. Like went to any bar that like people wouldn't just be like, rushing to get close sure. to him like okay you, you just have to kind of let mm. that go as you do in any hollywood movie that's about romance but but i think it works like there's an easy buy-in with these characters because they're all kind of enjoyable to be around i mean one thing i really like about the michael b jordan character is uh he he does kind of school them like i guess in reverse as far as like you know what i really want to do is sit at home and eat ice cream and masturbate like that would make me happy and I wouldn't have to put up with this bullshit. And he's basically saying, I don't want That's to. I'm giving up to be here. Uh, <laughs> Jared, I was actually disappointed. I was like, did that take 10 seconds before Jared jumped on that one? I was like, you know, he's I'm leave me alone. <laughs> I'm just amazed you can, you can deal with this movie considering I think they call bourbon scotch in this movie. Oh, believe like, me, that was like my first note. It was like, <laughs> that is a bullet rye bottle, you stupid I know, bitch. I recognized it immediately. Like, that's bullet. That is not scotch. <laughs> I thought they, they definitely fire. missed an opportunity there because the scene that sets it up is, uh, you know, the premise of this film is since uh, their friend is going to go through a separation, uh, that they're going to, I guess, they're not going to jump ahead and be like, well, it's time for us to get serious with someone now and leave them, I guess, behind. Although... As Dave pointed out, I don't think Michael Jordan, Jordan would have been stranded on an island with like just loneliness. He would have been all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the scene that sets it up is Zach Efron has, you know, he's had his own sort of meet cute, which will come back in the grand gesture, meeting this uh, woman at a bar. And I believe it's uh, Imogen Poots. Is that the actress? Yep. Green Room. Yes, is what I know yep. her from. Um, and they have a. Slightly different role here than in Green Room. Uh, I kind of wish that Ellie, her character Ellie here, was a little bit more like the Green Room character. So when he goes into that really kind of long and somewhat cringe-inducing, like sort of setup on the meet cute, I was hoping she would use a line from Green Room, which was like, "Tell someone who gives a shit," and just like, cut him <laughs> off. <laughs> but uh, it's fine. Like I, I think they link up in a sort of similar. They have a similar sensibility as far as like a smart ass charm, both of them. So she shows up and I guess uh, impedes on this boys club. This is, movie has been up to that that point. And yeah, the one thing that really did bother me is Miles Teller, after he throws his little mini temper tantrum, he had a dig that he could have thrown in there as far as like, that's not fucking scotch. Like, and I, th I, right. thought, I thought it was a setup. I thought it was a setup for him to jump all over. But no, it's just a mistake in the script, I guess. And uh, clearly uh, Bullet Bourbon uh, sponsored this film because they're always carrying it. Like you see different. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's fine <laughs> with me. Sure. Um, one problem I had with this, I'm going to throw out to, to both of you is, uh, you know, we did a, an episode on crazy, stupid love early on, Dave. And we talked about how sort of difficult that was to talk about like in a 30 to 40 minute podcast, as far as the various couples, as far as sort of mm -hmm. charting the, the meet cutes, the breakups. I felt like this one, uh, you know, dare I say it, <laughs> maybe manages it a little better than crazy, stupid love. Because <laughs> as I'm watching this for the podcast, I'm like, wait, no, this is easier. And one all of the big cutes are in the same place, same place. <laughs> Great. Uh, all the, and the, the breakup here, uh, is when I guess the, the boys reveal their betrayal to each other that, that no, they've been proceeding with possibly long-term relationships with miles Teller. It's with the great Mackenzie Davis, who I love. Uh, and that <laughs> he has a line that really, applies to me which is, talks about he loves that he's met like his soulmate because they're the same height so their gentles line up <laughs> mm -hmm. yep there you go <laughs> um i don't know i mean it's maybe it's a little too cute dave what do you think as far as having all of their relationship so tied together but i felt like for me it felt like it fit because the breakup here is really about the boys and how they perceive their friendship right. more than it is the individual relationships yeah, I mean, I think it ties into, I mean, if you're going to enjoy this movie, honestly, you're probably not going to enjoy it because of the romance. You're going to enjoy it because of the friendships like that is that is what this movie rests on. So um, so the fact that it kind of all these things kind of happen at the same time in the same place, I think makes sense for the movie and and also creates some like pretty like 
enjoyably funny situations. A little bit cringe-inducing. There's a little bit of that in there too with this breakup. But I think you know, I don't. I don't think this is a movie where you want to where you want to like get moved emotionally. Like this isn't that kind of romance movie. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be funny. And even the way these things kind of the breakups happen, how it breaks down. Like I think it. I think it really works. And I think it's still an enjoyable scene. And if you have if you have three guys in this movie where you feel like they're not really friends and they don't really get along, like I think you would have stopped caring like probably 30 minutes beforehand and it wouldn't have any effect whatsoever. So I'm, I'm glad it happens that way. I'm glad we don't have these like two or three separate breaks up breakups happen in different places and different times. Cause then like lining everything up again would be really difficult and probably kind of beyond the scope of a movie like this. Well, one thing that's really uh, different about it and I, Jared is, I guess a new a uh, new fan or new member of the Miles Teller Club. He was texting me and yeah. talking about how much he enjoyed I like this. Him. <laughs> Dave <laughs> talking about me. Why was that? Why was that pointed at me? <laughs> Dave, stupid assholes like Miles Teller. <laughs> no, no, stupid assholes from Kentucky. You got to be really specific here. Well, that, that still applies. West Virginia, two yeah. for two. I know. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to throw Jared under the bus just a little bit here, and then I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know, and do it, but that awkward moment yeah. is what brought him over. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Jared is he's he's the rare Miles Teller fan that is a fan of his, uh, having seen that awkward moment, and he has not seen Whiplash, so he doesn't even have Jared. that in the in the sort of background. Well. You know, I'm a method actor. If you want me to be the movie layman on Sober Cinema, then I can't start watching movies all of a sudden. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. I love the dedication to yeah. craft. Yeah. There. yeah. So I don't watch movies. That's And I'm on all kinds of movie podcasts for whatever reason. Just sounds like you're cheap. That's all. That's... Well, so applicable. I actually listen to a lot of movie podcasts, and uh, I think your philosophy would probably help them make better podcasts yes. if they would stop watching movies. <laughs> True story. Or at least be quiet. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. Know. Well, that be the one. Um, but I want to toss it to, to Jared as far as it going to the individual relationships. And Michael B. Jordan is a little bit shortchanged because for the most part, his relationship is still with his wife they separated from. There is another woman. Certainly that is not fun. No. no. Um, but was there one that you cared about more and saw like, okay, there could be like an individual movie about any of these romances or is it just about the guys and their friendship? Um, I think Miles Teller's uh, relationship was the most interesting out of the three for me with the, um, you know, the dynamic between them being both uh, sort of wingmen for each other. And then eventually getting to that point where they get together and it's like, uh, this kind of uh, hurts to see you uh, going out with somebody else. And um, as far as Efron's and uh, Poots's uh, relationship. Poor um, Poots's. <laughs> Poots's. I, you know, interject for a second on myself. You would think that, like, of all these uh, Hollywood names, you would uh, change Poots. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's just me, my opinion, but... I don't think I'd go uh, to IMDb with Poots. <laughs> Carrying on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't think there was too much, as much depth with uh, Efron's and Poots's uh, relationship. It was a little bit more um, cliched romance movie. For they, my have, they have one particular liking. One good scene, which I like. Uh, unfortunately, it's used as a setup for the death of a parent, which isn't a setup for their mm-hmm. individual breakup is that he shows up to a costume party, I guess, just thinking it's like among peers and he's like still coming uh-huh. to college. And he, I mean, it's so dumb. not really Jesus. a funny joke, but <laughs> his commitment to it, I guess he, he comes with, I guess, as rock out with your cock out and he has bought Very a, clever. Uh, yeah, he's bought a, you know, fairly sizable <laughs> dildo that flops around <laughs> over his pants. But you know, the joke might not work, but I did like the, for the most part, her father, you know, and these are not just, uh, his peers, but you know, her family and friends, like adult family and friends, uh, just rolls with it. And I was like, Hey, this guy's pretty funny. You know, he stuck it out. He stuck out a really awkward situation. And I respect that. And if the movie had just left at that, I was like, Oh, a nice turn that these people that you see are probably very wealthy and very sort of privileged people can be amused and roll with the, this guy's sense of humor. Unfortunately, they kill him off like two scenes later. This guy who was so cool with the dildo is dead. He dies for that. 
And you know, uh, you know, as I said, I'm gonna get in the weeds on that awkward moment because I really do like this movie. But I'm wondering, like, how unfortunate that this silly gag that Zac Efron's character plays to to be like the wild and funny guy at the party uh, may have contributed to the last substantial conversations that her father had with her mother as far as like, what about the guy with the rock out with your cock out costume? And then he's dead the next morning. <laughs> like those were his last thoughts. <laughs> his last kind of a good way to go out. That's all right. <laughs> that dildo was huge. <laughs> Jesus. I think the only thing, the only thing I don't like about that scene is that the script like calls out the ridiculousness of it. Like at the very end, he goes, I should have just left, which I was thinking the whole time. Like as soon as you open that door and see everyone dressed oh, up, no. you close the door. Oh, no, Dave. <laughs> no, you, you are missing an opportunity for but a if, grand romantic gonna, gesture. Oh, But if you're going to go all out like that, don't call it out in the script and go like, I should have gone home. I should have left. Like why, why even mention that? Like just go with it. If you're going to have this over the top scene, he's clearly an idiot. Like, come on. Like, well, let's what, did you, real. what did you want that from him, Dave? Do you want him slapping people in the face with it? Like, do you want like a montage? <laughs> no, <laughs> playing I, air I, guitar with it? You should have gone home. Like, what, what is the point of like bringing that to the attention of the rest of the audience? Like, yeah, you probably should have just closed the door and walked home. Like, just, just go with it. You know, like Zac Efron doesn't usually play a smart character and there's, you know, there's probably a reason for that, and that's fine. Wow, that took Ooh. such a mean turn for no real reason. <laughs> that's kind of what I do. Yes, Dave. Anyway, uh, I thought I had the meanest, the meanest thought there no. about this fictional dad character dying, thinking no. of Zac Efron's dildo. But no, you somehow look meaner. Always. I think that everyone can agree that the uh, breakup that uh, Efron has as far as not showing up to this guy's funeral is like, okay, I know you're concerned about this. Maybe it takes you to a next step of intimacy, but you can always just break up later. Like, you know what I mean? You just show up. She's probably not even thinking like, Oh, this means we're gonna get married because he showed up in a time of crisis for me. So suddenly just as a human being, maybe yeah. you should show up. Like, I'm sure there are people that she works with that, you know, don't know all the intimate details of her life that show up out of solidarity and just general kindness. That for me is actually the hardest pill of this film to swallow is that this guy would be that incredibly short sighted and stupid. And then have the audacity to blame poor beloved benevolent miles teller that he contributed <laughs> to this <laughs> skipping the funeral. Jesus. What the fuck? Hey, Oh hey, my God. Hey, 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 what the okay, fuck okay. are you doing here? Hey, Don't look at my fucking dick, oh my man. God. Okay. You guys are fucking. Hey, look, hey, it doesn't mean what you think it means. Oh, it doesn't? It doesn't? No, it doesn't mean that. Oh, what does our relationship mean to you, Daniel? Relationship? You guys are in a relationship? You didn't tell him? You told me you told him. You fucking lied to me. What I should have said in this situation was that I, that I, I didn't. No, of course. I didn't Jesus tell him. Christ, We're not dating, okay? If that's what. Oh, oh my God. Fuck you. The fuck? What, what the, the fuck? fuck? What the fuck is right? What are you doing here? Jesus, does no one in this house lock a door? Where are you coming from? I was with Vera. What, what the, the fuck? fuck? Your ex-wife? Why were you with Vera? Because I was trying to work it out. But it's over now. Hey. Oh, my God. Do not hug me what with no doing? pants on. Do not hug me with no pants on. You're right. Respect. Respect. What were you doing trying to work it out with Vera? Because that's what I do, Jason. I try to make things work. But you wouldn't know anything about that because you're always playing shit safe. No, because we had a deal. We were staying single. Wait, single? It's a long story we'll talk about later. I didn't go to a funeral. You both lied to me. I did that for you. I did that for both of you. Wait, wait, wait. you didn't do any of this shit for us. Uh, you do everything for you. You want us to be just like Jason, and I can't think of anything I want more than to be nothing like you. Your wife fucked some other dude, and you're mad at me. Whoa, man. You want to say that again? She might still be fucking this dude. Oh! The fuck off! Come on, man! Your dick is touching me, man! I'm sorry, I'm sorry! You know what? Fuck you guys! I can go back to my life, my roster, my fun, all my shit, and do it without you. Okay? We weren't getting in relationships. That was the deal. It really wasn't about anything other than having my two best friends and I back together again. That was it. Now look at the shit you guys are in. You're a sad man. Okay. Fuck you, Mikey. Oh, wow. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Such a special time of year. 
Do you think it's Do you think it's a problem because they like went too far with what the event was? Like, because the whole the whole supposed point of this movie is like sometimes relationships are just showing up when you're needed. Mm-hmm. So if it's not a funeral, do you think this works better? Is that like is that too far? Is that too extreme? Yeah, yeah. I think I, because yeah. I think that is so that is so black and white that it's right. not even who wouldn't show up to that. Yeah, it's not even debatable. Uh, if there was some other. I don't know if there's some other family crisis where, you know, someone had not just died. You may be able to sell the fact that it's like Zach Efron saying, this is not my place to sort of partake right. in this or join in. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this one's definitely the easiest because you understand why he's going to have to make a grand gesture later. Um, you know why she's pissed to like, okay, yeah. And, sense. uh, you know, as for as much as I, I like this movie, we'll get to the grand gesture. You know, he goes back to the, the meet cute. He, he does the fake story reading, uh, really, really, awkward cringe inducing reading that he has a book and she that... weeps mike she weeps it's so moving uh, this bullshit story is so moving he yeah says shit and fuck so many times i love him <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes <laughs> Just keep cursing that's it <laughs> I, I don't know um because it feels like a weird step back it's like okay so something really life-changing has happened to her as far as you know her father has passed so to win you back over, I'm going to apologize, but I'm going to apologize by reverting back to how we met when we were drinking right. at a bar and basically just kind of making like fun of this other self. dude. Yeah, they're just yeah. being sarcastic to another guy hitting on her. And it's like, don't you remember the days before your dad died? And I'm like, right. uh, oh. yeah, I remember that, but I'm a different person yeah. now. And Right. And not only a different person, but before the two of them connected and had any sort of relationship. Like it's not, it's not tying to anything important. It's just tying to like – Remember when we were like flirting in a bar, and that's and before like, I thought okay, you were a hooker. That's gonna make up, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I sort of got the idea that it was just the <laughs> the mental capacity to uh, remember something a year earlier. It's like, oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> dumbass, standard. Dumbass Zach Efron remembered. He's drunk and he remembered. What <laughs> a nice guy. <laughs> it's weird to me because uh, for him to be our lead, I guess for this to be the most melodramatic romance. Uh, in the in the film, which is saying something, considering that their friend is is getting divorced. But as I said, we we get we throw into family death, so that instantly elevates right. it. Uh, I feel like Miles Teller, uh, even though he doesn't even get to really make his grand gesture because he gets hit, he gets hit by a car, just you know, <laughs> full whiplash mode there. You know, he just something can't. that everyone can enjoy, <laughs> Mike. It's, it's I feel like his works because. You don't ever have to see Miles Teller breaking down and weeping and doing something that seems out of character. Like he he says to his friend, you know, what is wrong with me? Uh, Mackenzie Davis is perfect. I love all these things about her. But so we, the audience, get to see that and we see that he's genuine. But we don't have to see him sort of hat in hand, sort of begging right. for it. And instead, it just puts him back in role that he's perfect for of being a smartass. Like you know, he's just sort of, she has to come to him. I thought that was great the way they handled that because they really dodge a bullet as far as. I don't know. They, mm-hmm. you know, they put Teller in a position to win. They use his skill set right. And right, you were talking junk about Zac Efron. You know, I, I rewatched the Grand Gesture scene right before we recorded, and I'm like, I have something that I would, I'd like to read from my novel. It's not really the kind of place where you can share from your own. Work. Thank you very much. Honored to be here. This is good. Um, tough act to follow. Then don't. A big fan of your work. I'm so sorry. No, please. And then the other guy asked to buy her a drink right as Jason walked up. So she asked that guy, what happens if I enjoy the drink? What happens then? And he pretended not to know the answer. So she told him, she asked if they'd play beer pong in that shitty bar with his friends until they headed back to his place at Murray Hell. She asked if they'd have to listen to his roommate fuck Hillary or Emily or whatever her name was until they fell asleep. And she asked them if a year later they'd still be there in that bar. The only difference being that now he feels pressure to get married and have kids because he thinks that that's what she wants. And then in the summers, they would drive up to the shitty Hamptons. To meet his shitty parents. Wondering the entire ride if they'd think that she was pretty enough. 
smart. Wondering the entire ride if they think she's smart enough. Because no one was. And no one ever will be. And Jason knew that now. And he would give anything to go back to that moment. The moment where they first met before anything went wrong. Before he didn't show up for her when she needed him most. Before he understood that being there for somebody when it's most difficult is really all the relationships are. Jason knew that now. And he was so sorry for what he had done. But Jason also realized that in that moment, he wasn't afraid because he thought she wasn't the one. He was absolutely terrified because he knew she was. And if she could give him just one more chance, just one more chance, she knew where to find him. I don't know if he's got the goods for that. Like, when it cuts yeah. to him teary-eyed, I'm like, you're removing all of his charm, all of the, the tools in his toolbox, right. and I don't know, Michael B. Jordan, I could see doing it. If his, oh, if, if his character, even the, the same situation, if his character did it, at least that relationship has a little bit more weight, and I would, he has shown that that's sort of like the way his character would process something, would be to remember all these small details about this long-lasting relationship, not the right. girl I met at a bar, thought was a hooker, and then didn't go to her dad's funeral after showing up to her party with a dildo strapped to me. So, you want you want man, to show up to put the bookstore? <laughs> you want to show up to the bookstore and say, uh, let's get a drink, let's start all over. I wanted to show up with the rock out with your cock out thing yeah, and then have, to, time. then have to deliver the speech with that. If he could pull it off in that, if he could convince us while he's wearing that ridiculous outfit, that remember, would be a grand gesture. Remember when I did that? <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, his I speech mean, was that, Jared, remember when I did that? Remember, hey, look, look, look I at also this. think that, that scene <laughs> is it's really strange because it starts out pretty jokey like i'm gonna i'm gonna read from my book like i'm gonna walk up there and you know make some stuff up and then it tries to be heartfelt at the same time like it kind of tries to have its cake and eat it too and it and you need a really good actor in that in that moment to make that work and honestly even with a really good actor like that's a that's a tough sell like that moment is a really tough sell like unless you know you actually did the work of bringing up something that happened within during the course of the relationship not the not the first moment they ever met like if he was able to actually tie it to how much he cared about her or something they'd gone through together or his regrets about not being there for her fine but like this whole like you know everyone sucks and like remember when we were flirting in the bar that was great like you it remember just, how judgy we were of up. everyone else <laughs> right <laughs> wasn't that awesome <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's certainly probably not a couple you're really rooting to hang out with. Uh, you know, to, to what Jared said more, I think the Miles Teller Mackenzie Davis thing is it's just nicer to see just two friends just realize, hey, we're, we're kind of perfect for each other. Each other. Yeah. Like you know, there's you don't need that. You just like they just sort of sink into it, and it's like they just realize how happy they're the other one makes them, and they just accept it. That's something you actually don't really. I don't know if you see that much in rom coms because right. you, you don't it, have arcs that way. Right. And I think actually I would have preferred it if they spent a little more time on on that couple. Like I did feel like it worked, but there was a couple of moments where I was like, oh, we're we're just moving quick here. We're just like uh, we're friends and uh, I would never sleep with you, except now we're making out like, oh, OK, it's kind of a jump. And I think I think if you spend less time on uh, the Zac Efron plot line and spend more time on this one, I think it works a lot better. I think it, you know, it has a bigger emotional impact because I think that's you like you mentioned, that's not done very much in film. But that is something that happens a lot in real life where two people are friends and it slowly kind of becomes something else. And, you know, I think that could have been handled a little better and been a lot more emotionally affecting. Yeah, it happens a lot more in TV, uh, but usually right. it's, it's sort of. But you have time, right? Well, you have like I was going to say 12 hours this season. To it's far more cynical. That. It's like, oh, uh uh, let's see, James Vanderbeek and Katie Holmes aren't bringing the ratings anymore. Have her kiss Pacey. Like, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, let's just throw a curveball in there and see if the audience likes this better. 
in right. a movie, a two hour movie or especially 90 minutes, you probably don't, you know, you want to have pretty clean arcs, but, um, right. So are we all, are we all saying that the, the grand gesture here, like would not be effective or doesn't even work in the movie? Cause that's weird. If all of us enjoyed the movie, it's weird that the, the sort of finale is just like, nah, I could lose it because I'm telling you, because this movie survives on the relationship between these three guys and not the romantic relationships. If you were resting on the romantic relationships, then this would not work at all because that that grand gesture is like, I mean, you said it at the very beginning. It's cringe inducing. It really is. And I was like, man, I can't wait for this scene to end. Like, please wrap it up. Zach Efron. I have a great Great question to both of you. I didn't know what I was going to say as far as like, hey, what's what's something we can take from this film and apply to real life? Uh, I'll throw it to Dave first. I won't put Jared on the spot just yet. Give you time to think, Jared. Think, formulate your lies that you want to spew on this podcast. Um, How dare you? <laughs> well, wait for my question. Dave, what is the most cringeworthy gesture you've ever made uh, to win someone over? It doesn't have to necessarily be, I guess, I romantic. About this but... Go for it, Dave. I've got it already ready to go. Oh, J- go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I, didn't, go, I, didn't, I didn't realize Jared had number one with a bullet already Jared, for this moment. Jared, Jared is the king of cringe, so please go ahead. Uh, first off, fuck you. Second <laughs> off. <laughs> you notice he didn't say it was wrong. He just said fuck you. <laughs> he said first off. He may have, you know, maybe the second statement was you're wrong, but we'll see. Mm, partially wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't say King, maybe Duke or something, but um, kick-ass I, I, Duke. My kick-ass Duke. Um, I got it in my head. I broke up with this girl because she um, she popped the uh, "I love you" really, really quickly. Okay, so you're and Zac I, Efron in this yeah, situation. Like, Bye. Yeah, so I was like, nope, and uh, broke up with her, and then realized that she was actually pretty good for me, and. Uh, I drove four hours, bought some roses, went to her house. Uh, not there. And uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. She I was wasn't say, there. So far, that's not cringeworthy. It's like okay, very classic. Um, but yeah, she's not there. So what happens after that? I, I wait there and text her, and then she's like, "If you're there, like I'm not coming home." <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Because, of course, driving four hours for out of nowhere, I looked like a fucking psycho. So so I'm just like, well, I'm going to leave these flowers on the uh, porch. And, uh, well, there we go. Four hours back home, I suppose. I mean, she was cool with you leaving the flowers, right? She didn't think you were so psychotic that there was anything deranged about the plants you're leaving. Well, I don't think it's going to stretch, you know, four hours away for me to spy on her. Also, I didn't really check up on what happened to the flowers after my embarrassment and tail tucking. I was I was just thinking she was not accusing you of being a Batman villain, where it was like the Joker <laughs> with like anything mm-hmm. nefarious in the flowers. On the... <laughs> I'm not touching these flowers. <laughs> huh. So right. I'll see if you can beat that, Dave. I can't. I mean, I, I was actually just sitting here thinking, like, have I done any? Like, my my romantic gest- gestures tend to be pretty classic, you know, writing a letter, sending yeah. flowers, not just not just showing up out of nowhere after driving for half. Although, day. If, shut up, dude, um, stop like, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to come to Jared's defense. If it had worked, you know, the the four hour drive oh, yeah, time is an added bonus if she had been receptive. Yeah. That's you know. It's a little more grand than I don't know Dave having them delivered, like falling That's off right. a, an email. Very impersonal. <laughs> That's right. I have people for that. I don't have to drive anywhere. Oh. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I can. I can't top that either as far as time commitment, Jared. Because yeah, mine are. I'm sure I've I've done similar things. I've been rejected as far as like I've got the perfect words for this that I can put down on paper or like have you know something mm. like that. Uh, but <laughs> I'll say to your credit, um, I like that <laughs> you, when you got there, uh, well, here's the secondary question. Did you wait around too long or how quickly no, did you no, fire no, for no, text? Not very long. I got, I waited maybe like 15 or 20 minutes and, uh, I fired off text and <laughs> she was, I'm, oh, I'm out and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. not going to be back this evening. <laughs> 
Okay, all right. <laughs> just picture like Jared's like you know decision between going home and sleeping on the porch, I guess, and waiting till tomorrow morning. Uh, false, hiding my car and hiding under the porch. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's not the uh, he's not Zach Braff from Last Kiss. He's more De Niro from Cape Fear. Like, <laughs> you gotta come home sometime. <laughs> Jesus. I like to imagine Jared uh, on the wall as fireworks are firing behind him, like like De Niro and Cape Fear. Like he just climbs climbs the fence and then just sort of poses <laughs> with fireworks. <behind> him. <laughs> uh, well, that's unfortunate because uh, I really thought I could put Dave in a in a pickle there, but um, I will say this: you know, as much as I dislike the grand gesture, watching it and thinking it's cringeworthy. I I will say this in Efron's I guess character's defense I would never have the stones to do that. No just way. No way. No. no way I would do it. Uh, not only is he in front of a huge crowd, but what makes it even worse is his friends show up to support him. And I would tell my friends, I would tell Jared, oh. I'd tell you, Dave, uh, please stay away. I'll tell you You're later right. how it goes. See, but the good thing here is it does it does stay true to that character, right? Like he showed up at that party with this ridiculous dildo hanging out of his pants, mm-hmm. and he didn't leave. And in the same situation kind of here, he had an opportunity when he saw that people were actually there. He could have just ducked out and been like, no, I can't do this. But instead, he, you know, kind of sacrificed himself on the altar of love there and just uh, embarrassed himself in front of, you know, 50 people or so and really went for it. So it kind of fits what he would do, you know, based on what we've seen earlier in the movie. Is there a defense for the Efron character just maintaining at times maybe just brutal, cold honesty? Like, you know, he... He doesn't show up for the funeral because he thinks that would be disingenuous as far as where he is in regards to the relationship. He thinks it would be mm-hmm. moving it forward. He shows up at the party. He sticks it out, even though he's got the, the cock <laughs> actually sticking out. <laughs> like, you know, he's someone that I, I don't think he's particularly warm. But even when he's got these, uh, you know, sex buddies, when they ask the question like, hey, what are we? In the throes of passion, he still is like, mm, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that he's not honest with this person that he is supposedly more connected with. Like, I mean, I think maybe it just doesn't work in a film context, but, you know, the idea of saying like, hey, look, I made a really big mistake, but this is this is why I made it. Like, can we figure this out instead of like, oh, you hate me now. I guess I'll go away forever until yeah, I can't he, take it. Anymore. He only shows up once and then he tries to play the like, hey, let's go out and drink and have sex. Like that's his. Right. Like, mm. yeah, I think he could have, he probably could have gone to his buddies for, I think Miles Teller would have had at least, at least one zinger in there that may have yes. helped get over the hump. Probably not. Um, yep. I don't know. It's, it's a movie that I, I understand why people pass on it. Uh, and you it's know. fun though. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's, it might be like disposable and you might not, it's not a movie you're going to think about a lot after you see it, but it's, it's fun. You know, I think it's, it's what it set out to be. I think it's sort of the uh, anti knocked up for all the issues people may have, may have with knocked up now, as far as, you know, that that's a boys club movie that tries to disguise itself as being more of an even romance. I feel right. like this one, maybe like the Efron character is more honest as far as like, no, yeah. it's really just about these guys and their relationships are secondary, but they're a reflection of where they are right. in their lives. And they're honest with each other too. There's a bunch of scenes in this movie where one character is doing something. The other is like, man, you are such an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like they call each other out constantly as, as guy friends do. Like you, one thing you can count on is most of, most of your guy friends are going to be brutally honest with you. Like if you're being a dick, they're going to tell you, even when maybe your partner wouldn't tell you that because they want to keep things like at, at this kind of friendly level and make it OK. Your friends are going to tell you when you're act when you're acting a fool. They're going to tell you when you're acting wrong. And I love that there's three or four moments in this movie where they're just walking down the street. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're you're kind of an asshole. Like, hey, I could save Jared and, and a lot of gas it. if he had just told me ahead <laughs> yeah, of time right. what his plans Four were. hours? No, no, no. <laughs> As it might did actually save me a lot of time with this uh, last one because I uh... – I was actually <laughs> well. I read. I read it by him. You know, the inevitable breakup. And he. Uh, I told him expert in this group of friends, and mm-hmm. it's terrifying. Well, he's the, he's the one that actually kind of got the wheels in motion and on it with it. I so. create and I destroy, Dave. And That's he what destroys. <laughs> just like find someone your own height. Just find somebody your own height. You'll be fine. I think I but did. She was. I did in this scenario. I was going uh-huh. by my playbook. I gave uh-huh. it to Jared. <laughs> but no, I was going to help her move and his and Mike 
specifically told me, he said, don't you fucking do that. Don't you dare do that. <laughs> you stupid idiot. What are do you that doing? When you're married. That's, that's not. I know. You know I, your committed relationship, then you can look, help them move. I just, just to defend my thought process a little bit there, uh, things were on the downswing. If things were, Very you much know, so. if, if things were going like Miles Teller and Mackenzie Davis, I'd be like, yeah, you yeah. probably should because you know this is you're buying into something that could be long lasting. But on the downswing, I was like, do not do chores for someone that you yeah. may not even be speaking to a week from like now. Like in two weeks, if yeah. you don't like them, you yeah. look back at this and be like, I help them move. I don't even like helping my friends move, let alone someone I'm not talking to. Mm-hmm. Very good advice. So that's uh, that's my role in the world is to make it harder on uh, single women to get their furniture moved. <laughs> I come in and say, you need to hire a professional. No. <laughs> Not me, baby. I don't want my friend to have back problems because of the likes of you. Or <laughs> won't have more it. back problems. Or throwing it out, humping them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, tell people where they can find Sober Cinema online. On that note. <laughs> oh, boy. At Sober Cinema on Twitter. Um Reach me uh, at Big Balder Brand uh, if you have any uh, complaints after this podcast. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, when when the uh, there you go when the uh, complaints come, um, I would just like to say uh, this has been our hashtag Black Panther episode <laughs> for the grand gesture. And uh, yeah, if you have any complaints, uh, we are at PC Case Study. This program. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of The Grand Gesture. We'll be back next week with our first and what will hopefully be a monthly experiment, I guess. We're going to pick something a little bit older, so. We will not be hamstrung trying to tie it into uh, a new film with a cast member or director or writer, although I don't want to make it sound painful to ever watch Michael B. Jordan on screen. We're going to be discussing The Red Shoes that will somehow tie in through ballet and color red being in the title for Jennifer Lawrence's Red Sparrow, and this will be a blind watch for me. Apparently it was a blind buy for my co-host Dave. So if I can trust his taste, um, which is doubtful, hopefully I'll be in uh, good spirits having seen a good piece of classic cinema on our very next episode. If you'd like to stay up to date with us in between episodes, you can interact with us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Grand Gesture Pod. Please subscribe if you haven't already done so on Apple Podcasts or your pod player of choice. Or go to followingfilms.com where you can find some of my other podcasts. I think that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know my out. Uh, when someone says I threw my back out humping her, I'm like, well, that's the end of the show. <laughs> that's the music. <laughs> you go with like a Kevin Smith reference, I think that's, that's yeah. the time to walk away. So.